Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, the new money podcast, episode 33, life insurance, how to cut through the BS and get to the facts, part one. How y'all doing, man? Hope y'all had a great week. Happy to be back and releasing on my regular schedule Sunday. I'm going to keep it going real quick, guys. As always, shoot me a message on Instagram at the new money podcast. We go over questions every episode and try to share, make it light, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. So shoot me a message on there. Love chatting with you guys. And also, if you're new to the show, you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate if you guys could leave a review. Really helps the show get out there. Spiel, spiel. I say it every episode, whatever. Uh, but uh, thank you to everybody that's left a review. And uh, I would love and appreciate if you could leave a review if you haven't. Uh, thank you guys for that. So today, what I want to go in on is life insurance. And it's a very heavy subject. So I wanted to do a two-parter. I have already done two episodes on insurance in general. I did a, a sort of a general insurance one. And then I did an auto slash health insurance one. Um, you know, and I like to break it up because I know that this isn't, uh, you know, the most exciting or sexy topic. This shit's really, really important. And um, it's one of those things that you don't think about until it's too late uh, for a lot of people, unfortunately. So uh, let's get ahead of it. Like I always say, like we always say on the show. So trust me on this ride. I'm going to try to make it as light as I can for you guys. Buckle on up and let's just dive on into it, baby. So life insurance, something we really don't want to talk about because it's around death and you know that's not very fun it's very uncomfortable in general to talk about but it's very important a good understanding around life insurance is very much needed for those more unfortunate moments in our lives with a good understanding of what to look for in life insurance you can help assure that you and your current family or your future family someday are well well protected and that you're getting good value for what you're paying for. I started to come across this subject specifically when I really dug into personal finance. It was one of the sort of ones that isn't talked about as much. And so that's what really intrigued me because it, it was so foreign to me. You never really hear, um, you know, too much around it. You hear about investing, you know, you know, more, uh, you hear about budgeting more, but you know, the, the nitty gritty shit like this, like life insurance policies, premium shit like that, you don't really hear it too much. So it kind of really caught my eye. And another thing that it really made me think of is, you know, it, it really made me think if, if, God forbid, something were to happen to my parents, like, are we in a good position? You know, would the process be smooth? Like, like it, again, don't want to have to think about that, but you, you do because you want to have a plan in place if something like that were to happen, right? The last thing you want around a time like that is financial complications and stress and anxiety, arguments over money and who's is what and you know, it's 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 terrible. And, um, you know, I'm not going to share any anecdotes on here, but, you know, I've, I've heard of a number of stories where uh, there are an insane amount of familial conflicts that occur after something like this. And it's terrible that a point when everybody's supposed to come together, family is never more important than when, you know, you unfortunately lose someone in the family. You got to come together. You got to stay strong and tight. And um, because of financial issues and things that weren't maybe taken care of uh, while the deceased was alive, family members actually move apart and there's arguing over who's is what and things like that you know that's more so a state that's more so you know kind of different but uh, life insurance is definitely a part of that with respect to the beneficiaries and things like that and so where I'm going with this is being the oldest child in my family 
and you know having uh, over the, within the past few years a, a close family member uh, pass away unfortunately it dawned on me that I would most likely handle the majority of the affairs with these types of situations and so I had a long and hard conversation with my parents and continue to uh, here and there to make sure the proper arrangements are in place so that our family's protected, right? So that we're in a good place, that things are sort of lined up. Uh, again, we're talking about life insurance here. We're not talking about wills and estates and things like that, which I'd love to uh, do an episode on, and I will in the future. Um, but this is sort of the motivation for why I wanted to learn more about this. Now, again, I'm very lucky to be in lockstep with my parents with this shit. Like, we have a very open and, and strong relationship around this stuff, and, and I know that unfortunately that's not the case for everyone what i'm trying to highlight with this opening sort of segment is that even if you don't have any dependents yet someone close to you someone very close to you likely does and it likely affects you in some way shape or form you know you might be the beneficiary or you might sort of have um, a part to play with respect to if you know something were to happen and so it's very important for you to know what's going on and to be looped in. And if you can start that conversation, then I strongly encourage it. If your parents haven't talked to you about this at all, like, I mean, you know, you got to think about it. It's like, damn, like if that were to happen, like, geez, I'm next in line or geez, like, what, where, where do I stand? Where, like, where am I in this process? Right. So have those tough conversations. It's on your parents, obviously, to bring it up with you and, and, and sit you down. But if that doesn't happen, that's OK, too. You can you can bring it up as well. OK, cool. So let's assume you just heard that and you're like, shit, OK. All right, but I don't know a thing about life insurance. What's the point in talking about it if I don't know a thing? Well, you're about to know a thing because we're about to talk about it. <laughs> um, life insurance is a contract between an issuer and a policyholder, right? The company and whoever is getting the life insurance, in which the insurer guarantees payment of a death benefit, right? The payout to named beneficiaries when the insured dies. So basically, if I were to go out and get life insurance and I've got kids, right? You guys, this isn't news to you. Uh, if I were to unfortunately pass away and I didn't you know, violate the terms of the contract, my beneficiaries would get a payout of a predefined amount, right? For the contract to be enforceable, the life insurance application must be accurate, right? That I cannot stress that enough that it must be accurate. You cannot lie on this application because they will find a way to get out of it if you lied and they find out, which they probably will. For life insurance, policy to remain in force, the policyholder must pay a single premium up front or pay a regular premium over time, which is the more standard approach, right? A monthly premium similar to auto insurance, house insurance, etc. When the insured dies, the policy's named beneficiaries will receive the policy's face value or death benefit. Life insurance exists for one reason and one reason only, to provide financial security to your dependents. Therefore, your goal is to get the amount of life insurance that you need as cheaply as you can and nothing more no investing no bells and whistles no bullshit of two-in-ones whatever that is it now the two main types of life insurance are term which is good which is the one you should get term life insurance and whole life insurance or universal life insurance which i typically advise against given that we'll get into that we'll get into that so moving on, there are two main components of the actual life insurance, typically speaking. So we've kind of touched on it. So the first is the death benefit, or also known as the face value. This is the payout um, upon the death of the insured, right? This is the amount of money that the insurance company is guaranteeing 
to the beneficiaries identified in the policy when the insured dies. The insured might be a parent and the beneficiaries might be their children, for example. The insured will choose their desired payout based on the beneficiary's estimated future needs. So that's something that you can decide with your family how much you'd actually want. Um, you know, and we'll talk about what sort of considerations you need to make. But basically, it's a number, you know, uh, typically maybe like a million bucks uh, covers the mortgage, covers your kids, cover funeral expenses, things like that, right? So the person applies, right, typically, and the insurance company will then figure out if the applicant is worth being insured, i.e. they have dependents, they have assets, they have things worth covering, as well as if they meet the required risk profile. So um, an insurance company can choose not to insure you uh, if they think you're too high risk, right? If you're um, you know, if you were had a disease or several diseases, you have a long standing smoker and um, you're older, for example, they might not insure you or there's a, there's a, a bunch of different um, things based on like age and health and things like that, where um, you have to pass, you have to pass, you have to get a doctor's uh, recommendation, you have to get a physical by a, a registered doctor, things like that, where you, you basically need to pass the assessments so that you can get granted the life insurance. Now, it's kind of beyond the scope of this podcast, but if you're someone who would be worried about something like that, maybe you've had past life events um, that you think might um, compromise that to some degree, then I'd suggest looking into different resources that can help you coach through that because there are different opportunities and uh, ways to still cover yourself. Um, they just would be more tailored for your specific situation. So if that is something um, that comes to mind, I definitely suggest doing a little bit of research and looking into different companies that might specialize in your type of insurance. So that's the death benefit. It's the money that you get, right? Now, the second part is the premium. So the premium is the money that the policyholder pays for insurance. So the insurer must pay the death benefit when the insured dies if the policyholder pays the premiums as required and premiums are determined in part by how likely it is that the insurer will have to pay the policy's death benefit based on the insured life expectancy. So what does that all mean? Basically, the riskier you are, the more you're going to have to pay. The less risk you have of dying, the least less you're going to have to pay. They use a number of calculations, high-level sort of fucking crazy shit, um, actuarial data, to figure out how likely it is that you're gonna die. And based on those calculations, that's how much it's gonna cost. Adjusting for obviously operating expenses and a profit for the business itself, uh, that's the sort of premium amount that you'll get. Now with whole life and universal life insurance, there's also a, a third sort of portion which is called the cash value. Now the cash value is only in permanent insurance plans, like I just said, which I, again, I don't think is a good idea, um, but it's basically like a savings account or sort of like a separate investing account that the policyholder can use during the life of the insured. The cash accumulates on a tax deferred basis, which you know was part of the selling point that they give you. And you know some policies may have restrictions on withdrawals depending on how the money is to be used. So again, it might sound like you know it might be a good tax deferred um, investment instrument, and it might be if you're a very you know sort of high level businessman and you have like a sort of strategy around that, which is probably not any of us. <laughs> Just being honest, for everybody else, it's probably pretty shitty, and we're going to talk about why that is. Um, down the line. So who are the people that need life insurance, right? You've probably never thought of getting life insurance yourself. And now you're kind of like, well, should I get it? You know, do I fall into this group? So let's talk about some different groups of people that, you know, uh, might stand to benefit from getting it. So number one, 
as you can imagine, it is people who have dependents, people who have people that depend on them, whether it's, you know, you're a father or your mother and you have kids or, you know, you have um, a mother and a father that you care for. For example, you look over somebody, they depend on you for income and love and care and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the, the love and care portion isn't a much. It's more, more financial question. Honestly, do they depend on you financially? Probably the number one um, group of people. And then, you know, number two, adults who own property and business together. You know, uh, it might be a couple. It might be business partners, right? If you're in a business with somebody, uh, you might want to have a policy in place that if you were to unfortunately pass away or if they were to pass away that you know the burden isn't just completely put on the other business owners shoulders right there's there's some um, benefit paid out uh, to cover the debts that have been incurred by you within that business or etc etc right so uh, sort of like a, a you know a backup plan for the other person or it might be you're just a couple and you guys have a property together and you again you don't want to burden the other person so you have that policy in place to make up uh, for your portion a third group could be elderly parents uh, who want to leave some money for adults who provide care for them um, again this you know the premium is gonna be a lot more if they're they're older and so I don't have too much expertise in, in that specific situation but I'd say that you know they, it, they could stand to benefit you know having some sort of policy uh, to help pay out other than their will and things like that um, even if they are a lot older and and their premium is gonna be a lot more expensive fourth group young adults whose parents incurred private student loan debt or co-signed a loan for them etc so again this is about you know not leaving a burden right if you have somebody that would be on the hook on your behalf you might want to consider having a policy in place so they can be taken care of and they don't take on your debt for you right other groups include you know young adults who want to lock in low rates so you, you know you might be able to get in a super low rate and lock it in right now while you're younger obviously the younger you are the less likely you are to die so you might be able to lock in a, a super great rate if you get ahead of it a little bit earlier more often than not young people um, with no dependents and you're just working for yourself you, you don't really need life insurance yet but it's worth thinking about for sure other groups include wealthy families who expect to owe estate taxes life insurance can actually help um, provide some sort of uh, tax deferred benefits again this is a sort of like high level tax strategy that is probably better suited for uh, you and an accountant if that happens to be you um, I am NOT in a place to talk about uh, estate strategy and things like that um, you know again I know a thing or two about it but it's not really something that I, I can really speak to um, so with respect to life insurance, evading taxes, things like that. Probably best to talk to a CPA. <laughs> Families who can't afford burial expenses or funeral expenses. So a little small uh, life insurance policy of, of a specified amount, um, you know, only a few bucks a month can actually, you know, pay out 30, 40 grand if something were to happen just, just to cover the funeral and burial expenses, right? Uh, just, to, just to cover that. I mean, you know, that's that's worth, worth thinking about. We're thinking about for sure. And uh, businesses um, with key employees, they might actually have a policy um, for key uh, employees such as a CEO, um, you know, with respect to like, for example, if the CEO unfortunately passed away, uh, the businesses would have no leader and they'd suffer severe hardship probably a good idea to have a policy on their head. Um, again, commercial life insurance, we're not, we're not gonna talk too much about it. But as you can see, there are a ton of different groups um, that stand to benefit from having that sort of policy in place. Money, money, money.
Okay, so great. That is going to be it for part one. So I really just wanted to ground the conversation with this episode and sort of just talk about what life insurance is, what the different sort of types are, why you should think about it. And even if you're not getting it right now, why it's important to sort of understand it so that when you do have to get it eventually, uh, you have a great understanding or that you can help counsel and consult people uh, around you, uh, you know, to, to sort of be a part of these conversations when your ass is involved, right? I mean, like with your parents, having those conversations, understanding what, what were to happen if X, Y, and Z happened, right? So having those difficult conversations is very, very important. I'm going to save the new money mailbag questions for part two. We'll just wrap it up in that episode, but let's just go over the sort of takeaways of part one here. So number one, basically, if you have something you'd want to be covered, if you passed away, you probably want to consider life insurance that can be dependents it can be assets if somebody would be burdened if uh, you were to pass away that's definitely something you should consider you should also consider educating yourself even if that isn't the case on something like this because somebody around you stands to benefit from this knowledge or you know you're a direct beneficiary of, of a specific policy and so you definitely want to know the ins and outs of that so that you can step up in that kind of time and, and be a leader and be there for your family uh, if something like that war to happen. Number two, the two main components of the actual life insurance is the premium that you pay usually monthly and the insurance payout slash death benefit, right? You should look into and research the different premiums, different coverages, etc. But I suggest looking into more reputable, legitimate companies that have a well-documented history of paying out the premiums that they uh, say. Uh, cheap life insurance is is good with a good company but cheap life insurance with a cheap company now you're you're kind of getting a little bit risky uh so you, you do this is really really important that you have a legit legit company uh, with something like this um but you know do more research understand it pick a good company get a good policy and don't pay a dime more than you need to right is what i would say number three the two main types of life insurance are term and whole life or universal life now wait wait whoa, whoa nate you haven't explained those. Why you, this is not takeaway? You didn't explain those, and, but you already said term is better. So why? Why'd you say that? Well, stay tuned for Wednesday when I go over what the two of them are and why I think term is better. For now, my friends, that is it. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all so much, and I will see you on Wednesday. But for now, I am out. This mother, peace.